0: Hi. 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 I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to the Barefoot office. It's been quite a break for me. My youngest son was in the hospital with blood poisoning and UTI that became a blood infection Salmonella, which responded to antibiotics. But while he was there, he tested positive for COVID. So now, despite my intentions or efforts, I'm quarantined at the house with my wife and kids for 14 days. We're seven days in, and it's been an adventure. And with a little one in the hospital and lots else going on, I just haven't had the energy or the time to do this and that's been okay with me. This has been a good discipline and one I've been grateful for, but it was okay for me to take a break for a while. And now I hope that I will be back into the rhythm of providing this space to spend some time with you and to spend some time with Jesus. I'm not sure. It was in the week of proper four, kind of by happenstance as much as anything else. And so I think that actually was correct in that this Sunday is proper six, the week of the Sunday closest to June 15th, today being the 14th, which means we're reading Luke 12, 41 through 48. This first time as we read, what word or phrase sticks out to you? And Peter said, Lord, do you address this parable to us or also to everyone? And the Lord said, who is the faithful, the prudent steward, whom the Lord will appoint over the household attendants to give them their rations at the proper time? How happy that slave whom his Lord on coming will find doing so. I tell you truly that he will place him in charge over all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, my Lord takes a long time in coming and begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and both to eat and to drink and to become drunk, that slave's Lord will come on a day he does not expect. And in an hour he does not know and will cut him to pieces and assign him a portion with the faithless. And that slave who has known his Lord's will and has not made any preparations or acted according to his will will be beaten with many blows. But the one who has not known, but has done things worthy of a thrashing, will be beaten with few blows. And to everyone to whom much was given, from him much will be demanded. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, they will request far more. What word or phrase stuck out to you? I think the repeated use of the word slave stuck out to me. And then that whole begins to beat the men servants and maid servants, and both to eat and drink and to become drunk. And then also, to whom much was given, from him much will be demanded the second time as we read where do you see God in this text what seems like something holy something surprising something wonderful in this few words that we read together And Peter said, Lord, do you address this parable to us or also to everyone? And the Lord said, Who is the faithful, the prudent steward, whom the Lord will appoint over the household attendants to give them their rations at the proper time? How happy that slave, whom his Lord on coming will find doing so! I tell you truly that he will place him in charge over all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, My lord takes a long time in coming, and begins to beat the men servants and the maid servants, and both to eat and to drink, and to become drunk, that slave's lord will come on a day he does not expect, and in an hour he does not know, and will cut him to pieces and assign him a portion with the faithless. And that slave who has known his lord's will, and has not made preparations or acted according to his will, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who is not known, but has done things worthy of a thrashing, will be beaten with few blows. And to everyone to whom much was given, from him much will be demanded. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, they will request far more. Where do you see God in these words? For me there at the end, I started to think about to whom much has been entrusted, they will request far more. To whom much was given from him, much will be demanded. I started doing these recordings from my friend Josiah, and so he'll rejoice at part of this story because it is about how I met my first real close mentor, or (laughs) I guess in some ways my only real close mentor that I've had in my life, Dr. Charles Bressler. And my introduction to him was at a dinner for the new members of the leadership for a music ministry that I had joined, that I wanted to be a part of in college. And after the dinner, after dessert, or maybe between dinner and dessert, I was over at the piano in the church basement and was just kind of plunking around playing this or that. And he came over and he sat down next to me, second semester, freshman, And he said, young man, I've been watching you, and to whom much is given, much will be expected. And he stood, and he walked away. (sighs) Hmm. As I think about that now, I think about the context I find myself in. I've been given much, a lot of privilege, a lot of education. I've been putting it as a balm on my soul that of a national search that a church did for a youth minister, I was hired. I no longer work at that church, but my education, my skills, my experiences, all things that I had been given or blessed with led me to that place and much was expected of me and much was asked of me and I performed well. But much more will be expected. To the one whom much has been entrusted, they will request far more. I've been thinking these last few days about how my whiteness, my privilege, the excellence of the things that I've attained, an Ivy League master's degree, a college degree, near perfect grades in high school, excellent jobs that I was able to step into, programs with very selective admission rates. And yet, all of that, not all of it, well, all of it came with some measure of privilege of my skin color. It was expected that I would be able to do these things, and yes, I had to work hard to do them, but... It wasn't a particular shock or surprise when you look at each step individually that I should make the next step to be able to do any of those things. And so what is the far more that's being asked of me? Now I see it in using my voice to try to explain white privilege, white fragility, systems that benefit other people, those who haven't been given what I've been given. To use my voice to amplify voices of color, the marginalized, the downtrodden, the oppressed. And where that leads me, I don't know, but it's the step that I'm taking right now. And we'll see where it goes. Because I've been given much and more will be expected of me. And part of me says that with a sense of deep, bone-weary exhaustion. But part of me says that with the courage and the grit to take a next step. And that's okay. And that's enough. This third time, as we read, what is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? And Peter said, Lord, do you address this parable to us or also to everyone? And the Lord said, who is the faithful, the prudent steward whom the Lord will appoint over the household attendants to give them their rations at the proper time? How happy that slave whom his Lord on coming will find doing so. I tell you truly that he will place him in charge over all his possessions. But if that slave says in his heart, my Lord takes a long time in coming and begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and both to eat and to drink and to become drunk, that slave's Lord will come on a day he does not expect. And in an hour he does not know and will cut him to pieces and assign him a portion with the faithless. That slave who has known his Lord's will, and has not made preparations or acted according to his will, will be beaten with many blows. But the one who has not known, but has done things worthy of a thrashing, will be beaten with few blows. And to everyone to whom much was given, from him much will be demanded. And from the one to whom much has been entrusted, they will request far more. What is God calling you to do or to be in these words? All three times reading this, I thought of the scene where the doorbell rings from... Wow, now I can't even think of the movie. It won Best Picture at the Oscars. It was directed by Bong Joon-ho. Parasite, from the movie Parasite, where the family has wormed their way into be the entire household staff of the extremely wealthy family. And the family starts to return and they have to with very little notice, not only make dinner, but return the drunken revelry state of the living room back to pristine perfection. They've been caught abusing the trust they've been given. And as I think about that, especially the third time reading through, I think about kind of the concept of the panopticon that people behave or don't behave sometimes can be induced or forced or guilted or scared into behaving based on the fact that someone is, or someone might be always watching. The reason you see sometimes those radars with your speed is signs on roads in different neighborhoods or appearing in different places there's almost never been in my experience an actual speed trap at one of those places but studies have shown that the fastest way to get people to change their behavior is actually physically to show them their behavior And so if there's a machine that shows you you're driving 40 miles an hour in a 20 mile an hour zone, you're going to slow down. If you think someone is watching, if you think someone will see, you're less likely to misbehave, for the most part. And it just strikes me that... while that can be used nobly maybe it can be used nobly i guess there may be noble intentions in it to me it just sounds like the internalized voice of the inner critical parent because i constantly am afraid of getting in trouble i will not take certain actions i will keep rigid control of myself I will lock up my inner child that wants to play, that wants to be free, that wants to adventure, that wants to explore in an internal cage inside myself and throw away the key. Because fun might lead me to exploration, might lead me to adventure, might lead me to recklessness, might lead me to getting in trouble and becoming punished. And so it's easier just to, even tonight I reflected, I was anxious to get the kitchen clean, why? Yes, it'll be nice in the morning if the kitchen is clean and ready for breakfast, but why was I pushing myself so hard to get the kitchen clean Before I played the guitar or before I sat down to watch a movie or a TV show or before I did some reading, I had to clean the kitchen first because someone is watching me. And to borrow the words from the great debaters, you do what you have to before you do what you want to do. There's a voice of an inner critical parent inside of me, whether it's my parents' voice or not, is immaterial. It's criticism, it's judgment, it's the constant fear of being caught out, of being punished. The thing that controls me is fear, fear that the master will come back. And so this parable to me tonight is vexing. Because if I do what I've been trusted to do, I will have to do more. But if I do it, then I'm siding with the critical voice. And late, late, late in this reflection, I realized that that's because what's being described is the position of a slave and of a servant, not the position of a master, nor the position of a free person. And so I guess before... I get out of the hammock, I'll lie back and look at the stars and wonder, what does it mean for me to be free? And tonight, that will be enough. The prayer for the Sunday closest to June 15th. Keep, O oh Lord, your household, the church, in your steadfast faith and love, that through your grace we may proclaim your truth with boldness and minister your justice with compassion, for the sake of our Savior Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Hope and joy be yours. Hope that you may be free, and joy in the moments where you find your freedom. For there is a light within you, the light of God, the light of the world, which you are always.